What's up, principals, and welcome to the Principal Crew Podcast. My name is Adam Welcome. I'm a principal. I'm your host. And as you know, this is the podcast that is all about principals all of the time because the job and the work is so much fun, but it can be lonely at times for a building principal. So the goal of this podcast is just to bring conversations between myself and other amazing leaders to the surface so all the other leaders out there that are listening can listen and join and let me tell you you are in for a treat today this is probably one of the hardest podcasts that i've had to schedule because of busy lives and things coming up you know the job but we have the national distinguished principal from Iowa on the podcast today. Amy, Denny, welcome to the show. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for the awesome welcome. I'm excited to be here. A hundred percent. So before we were talking, there's like a small connection with Iowa. My wife went to the University of Iowa. Shout out to the Hawkeyes for grad school for two years. Yes. I myself have never been to Iowa. Field of Dreams is one of my favorite movies that took place in Iowa. And actually, my cousin married uh, a guy from Iowa, and she lives on a 10,000-acre corn, corn and soybean farm somewhere in Iowa. I have no idea where my cousin Kelly lives, but she's somewhere in Iowa. But uh, Amy, thanks for making the time. Congratulations on National Distinguished Principal. For those that don't know who you are, tell us about yourself, where you're from, where you work, just kind of give us the lowdown for, uh, for Amy Denny. Sure. Um, I am a, an elementary principal in Sioux City, Iowa, and I grew up in Lawton, Iowa, which is just outside of Sioux City. Um, my grandmother was a teacher. My mom was a teacher. I knew from the time I was five years old that I wanted to be a teacher, and then uh, when I was in high school, I figured out that I wanted to be a principal. And so I knew pretty early on that I wanted to um, get my admin degree. So I taught middle school, um, family consumer science and foods, and that was bad. And realized that I needed to be <laughs> with little kids. Yeah, it, it was not a, a good time of my life. Um, so then I taught first grade for five years. Absolutely loved it. Um, went on to become a literacy specialist within our district, and then from there became a principal. So it's been an exciting ride, and I'm still learning every day, of course, and I'm, I'm just, I'm loving it. I love being with kids. I love the excitement of every day. Um, I love the serving the families and the, and the kids and the staff that I get to work with. Yeah, I love the, I love the origin stories of why people got into what they are doing. Like you, my father taught second grade for 35 years. He taught the same grade for 35 years, never wanted to get into admin. I wanted to become a principal because my first principal when I was a teacher was great, but I felt like we could be doing more as a school. And I, I wanted to say, hey, you can complain about it or you can put your money where your mouth is and try to do the job. And that's what I did. What was it in high school that was the kicker that said, okay, well, I mean, you're only in high school, you're a teenager. What was it that made you have that vision of someday wanting to become a, a principal? So I was able to be the 
um, the office helper. That was a, a credit, actually. I don't remember what it was called, but I got to help out in the office and um, they had some things going on. And so the secondary principal actually asked me to come in and work on the schedule with him. And then I got really, really involved and it just was really intriguing. But then like you, um, once I became an, an elementary teacher, I had an experience of, I mean, this, this principal hired the very best people and put together an amazing team, but wasn't a great leader. Um, and I learned what not to do and said, you know what, teachers and kids and families deserve better than this. And so it was sort of like, well, put your money where your mouth is and let's do this. So yeah, it, it, it's been a combination of things that kind of inspired me. Yeah. So question, you were, you went right from teacher to literacy coach to principal. You, you didn't have the, um, you weren't an assistant principal. Nope. We didn't have, we don't have, we, at that time, we did not have assistant principals at the elementary level. Yeah. So I want to talk about that because it is hard for people that are in elementary to get that elementary admin experience. I was lucky enough to be an elementary assistant principal. I was hired at a large school. We had 1200 kids, K-5, awesome learning experience. Wow. Yeah, huge. Uh, it was like running a small city. So I know a lot of people that will go to like a middle school or a high school to get a few years of admin experience and then come back down to elementary. But depending on where you live, I mean, you know, there's a lot of places in our country that are really rural and there's not just, there's not the opportunity. So talk about your path. Like what advice, if you were talking to a room full of aspiring leaders that are still in the classroom, you know, become a coach or a teacher on special assignment, TSA or TOSA, but what if even those opportunities are not available? What would you recommend to people that want to get into leadership? Because that's a question that I get all the time and I love other people's perspectives and advice on it. Yeah, so I'm thinking back and I think the best thing that you can do is to become a leader within your PLC, become a leader within your school. So um, be on your building leadership team, serve on your PBIS team, volunteer to serve on SAT, um, your student assistance team. I think the more teams and the more perspectives you can gain, um, the more appreciation you can have for the work involved with leadership. But you can do a lot as a leader, um, being a teacher and, and gain some leadership experience. I've had a number of people that I've been blessed to get to work with kind of oversee their internships. And um, I always think, gosh, what would I have liked to have done when I was in their shoes? And so I try to provide them with those opportunities. But I think just be open and honest with whomever you're partnering with, because we need great leaders. I mean, we, we aren't in a place where we can turn people away from leadership. We need everybody and we need great leaders. Yeah, I think that advice, you are not the only leader to give that advice. And I think for people to hear it again and again is so important. So often aspiring leaders look outside for opportunities, but look in first, because I think a lot of times too, like my first principal, he knew I had my admin credential, but did he know that I wanted to do that? You got you to really say, hey, I want to get more involved. Uh, what opportunities are there for you? And they may have after school sports, Amy, I'm going to put you in charge of after school sports. And that's the job that nobody wants to do. But if you are hungry and you want that leadership experience, you know what, take that job, do it for a year, do it for two years, learn from it. You're going to benefit. So 
National Distinguished Principal. Again, Amy, congratulations. <laughs> I can only imagine how that, how that feels. I have had the honor to speak at quite a few state principal conferences where they've actually announced the, the National Distinguished Principal at the conference. And just to see their reaction, it's a surprise. Their reaction, you know, the, the standing ovation, I want to know, how did you find out? Just <laughs> what was that whole process? What, what did you feel? And what are you feeling right now just being the National Distinguished Principal from Iowa? So this is sort of strange. And I think you, again, because of COVID and times are different, nothing happened like it would have normally have happened, I guess. So I received a phone call. Um, letting me know that I was the school administrator um, of the year for the state of Iowa for elementary principals and then um, would be going forward for the, the NAESP and VP program. And so I, I was in, I, I think I was in my camper, which is like a 75 travel trailer. Um, and I got the call and was a little bit like, huh? Um, didn't really know. And then I got an email. And so it was, it was a little bit shocking. And then I didn't even tell anybody. I didn't tell anybody until somebody published it in the paper. <laughs> and then uh, people were, my family, they were just sort of like, what? Why didn't you say anything? But because of COVID and everything happening, I sort of felt like, I don't really want to I, I feel silly. People are really sick and people, I just felt silly even saying anything about it, even though I am so honored and it's just completely humbling. Um, it was, it was just kind of awkward. Like, do I do my own horn a little bit here? It, 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 I don't know. It just felt kind of different. So. Well, especially because it was a phone call and wasn't announced at a conference. And I'm going to tell the listeners that is the mark of true humility and leadership. And to go along with that, the first time that Amy and I tried to record this podcast two or three weeks ago, we hop on, Amy's in her car. <laughs> and I, I said, you know, if this isn't a good time, let's reschedule. I was up late look, helping the police look for a student. We're out delivering <laughs> meals. And in my head, I'm like, this is a true leader. And this is the mark of a National Distinguished Principal. Uh, you know, so we rescheduled, so you were comfortable and we had time to, to have the conversation, but I get it. You're like on the run and you're moving and grooving and uh, it's, uh, well, again, congratulations, super honored uh, to be talking to you, uh, but I want to know more about your school. So I know that you do the IB International Baccalaureate uh, Primary Years Program and my experience with IB is before I got married, I was trying or looking and thinking for a couple of years of, a, of living, moving overseas to teach at an international school. And I thought, God, I'm in my 20s. What did, I, I had traveled a lot all over Europe and South America. What an amazing experience. And a lot of those schools are IB schools because it's kind of internationally recognized. My last district where I was a director of innovation, we were getting IB off the ground in, in some small pockets. And I saw what it really takes to do IB with fidelity. So I'm interested in the primary years program, just the impact that you've seen on students and in the community, and maybe just what is the professional development like? I'm sure it's pretty, pretty robust. So if you could just talk about that, that would be, that'd be awesome to hear. 
it's been an exciting, uh, it's just really been exciting. Um, you know, I was fortunate to be a part of a small group of people that went out and visited IB schools and learned a lot more about it and, um, and decided we didn't have anything like this in Northwest Iowa, but yet we have a need for it. We have families asking for this because they're traveling doctors and they're, um, and even just our families who are, are traveling between countries and they're just saying, we want some consistency for our kids. And then I looked at what it had to offer and it just really, really had the inquiry component that I see sliding away from education. And so often we are so focused on our standards and teaching those standards and assessing those standards that we forget about how important it is to make sure that our students are inquirers and that they're good people. You know, more than anything, we want our own children to be good, to grow up to be good citizens of the world. And our world is changing at such a rapid pace and no mastery of standards can replace the qualities of being a good citizen, caring for others, having that just natural curious mind um, so that you continue to love learning throughout your life. And that's where I found IB to be a good match. So we are, we're actually not officially authorized yet. We're in the middle of implementing our um, units of inquiry. And so we've had to train everybody, all of our teachers, um, our teachers during COVID, um, which is actually, a, we made the best use of our time and we planned interdisciplinary, um, transdisciplinary units of inquiry at each grade level. So each grade level planned six units that's, that, um, that include all of the concepts for learning um, that completely tie into all of our standards that offer learners an opportunity to reflect, um, to grow, to really have inquiry opportunities. And so we use that time and then now we're, we're in the middle of teaching those units and reflecting on those units. So we're focusing on the learner profile attributes, um, those 10 attributes and, and really emphasizing what it means to be a good person, a learner, um, a caring citizen, all of those qualities that are so important. So many of those qualities as you're talking, I'm thinking I want my own children to have those qualities as they grow up. And I think so often in education, we, we chase that shiny new project. If it's, if it's something that's coming from the school board or somebody went to a conference and they, and they, and they see that. And I think what you said at the beginning, if you were listening, aspiring leaders, new leaders, veteran leaders, go out and see it be happening somewhere else. I think that's so important. Go, go by yourself, bring, bring your leadership team and go to another school. Maybe it's in another county or maybe even in another state, but go do your research, go ask questions, go see it in person. Obviously things are harder right now with COVID. We know that, but at some point, you know, we'll have some type of normalcy back because maybe it's not for you. And before you invest too much time and money and training and professional development and energy, because, oh my gosh, it sounds so in-depth. And I think anything is like that. I think that's a really important uh, concept to, uh, to remember because I think in my experience, Amy, there's a lot of wasted time where we, we go down the road, we go down the road, we go down the road. And I understand research and, develop and, research and development is important 
But if we're doing it all the time, oh my gosh, all we're doing is researching and developing. We're not really implementing and teachers get exhausted and coaches get exhausted and principals get exhausted and students get exhausted on just trying to like, okay, what are we doing this year? What's our focus? So Really? And you're right. And maybe it's not a fit for your population and your community and your school. And so I love that you encouraged administrators to go out and visit. I mean, I, I absolutely took advantage of every opportunity, even as a teacher, um, when our district was saying, we have these professional development opportunities for you. Um, I took advantage of everyone that I could because I didn't know what was out there. You know, how, how can I become a better teacher? Of course, I want to become a better teacher. Some of it, yeah, wasn't really for me, but some of it, I still, I still carry with me and, um, and ask our teachers to implement. And it's just a part of how we do business here. But all of the, the great things that I've learned, I've learned from other people. They aren't things that I thought of myself. Um, they're all things that I've learned from other people doing great work. Anything that you want to do or anything that you don't even know you want to do, it's already being done somewhere else. So getting out of your fishbowl is so important. And I would say that is another great recommendation for aspiring leaders is to take a day and go shadow a coach or shadow an assistant principal, even if they're in the high school or shadow a principal. Or if you're a principal and you want to make the jump to central office, go shadow a central office administrator because I've done that. And let me tell you, it's awesome for a lot of reasons and also not always the best. You want to know <laughs> kind of what you're getting into, you know, like it's just good. So switching gears uh, for a second, what is your favorite book to read with students? Oh gosh, I have so many. It depends on the age level. Um, I love the book with no pictures. I love, um, Giraffes Can't Dance. I love Ish. Um, Peter Reynolds, really, he has so many great books. Peter I, Reynolds is an amazing uh, human being. Yes, yes. And then you can't go wrong with, you know, some poetry by Shel Silverstein. I mean, I just, there's, there's so many great pieces of literature. I was able to um, do a book study um, at my last school. I was a principal um, and I did a book study with our fifth grade of the boy in the striped pajamas oh, and yeah. oh my gosh, you know, from that was just so exciting too. Yeah. I haven't read the book, but I've seen the movie. Um, I haven't seen the movie. The book was oh, just remarkable and, yeah. and uh, so thought provoking. So speaking of books, what is your favorite leadership book maybe that you've read or if you're talking to another leader or an aspiring leader, you tell them, all right, there's so many leadership books out there, but this one is going to really, really kind of change your, change your leadership lens. Is there one that you always recommend? Gosh, I, so right now, Brene Brown has mm -hmm. so many, you know, great leadership components out there. I love what she says about vulnerability. Um, so like in Dare to Lead, that's, that's amazing. I have also, I don't know that it's leadership necessarily, but it's really kind of along with what I've been working on, The Inquiry Mindset by Trevor McKenzie. I have been into that right now. So I don't know if I have like a tried and true book. Um, Maxwell has, good, I mean, there's just so many good books out there. Simon Sinek, mm. I, I love his work too. 
I think you're the seventh principal on this podcast that has recommended Brene Brown. And I started Dare to Lead like a year ago. And then I got sidetracked with another book because that happens to me. I often read three or four books at a time and I've not <laughs> gotten too. back to it, but I've actually brought it to the top of my stack. I'm almost finished with one book right now. I need to read that next. Uh, if you were talking to a room, room full of leaders and maybe it'll be this summer in Chicago, hopefully if the NASP conference you know, happens, what would you tell other leaders? Maybe like your top three pieces of advice or just, just things to think about. You had the floor and the microphone. What would you say to other principals? Um, well, the people making the difference with kids are your teachers. And so you need to invest in them. You've got to support them. You've got to do whatever it takes to support them. Uh, at the same time, you need to prioritize relationships. So in order for your teachers to trust you, you need to trust them. And that takes a lot of hard work and that vulnerability. Um, but I think if you open up yourself to them and they see you make mistakes and they know that you're willing to do whatever it takes, then they too will be. Um, and then you're just never too good to do any job. Um, it, it, it doesn't matter what the job is. If, if somebody's vomiting on the floor and you are the person there that can clean it up. Um, if there's, you know, a snow shoveling that needs to be done as parents are coming up to pick, the, pick up their kids, you're never too good for that job. So everybody is on our team. And I think just emphasizing that we're all on a team and whatever needs to be done, that's what our team needs to do. And so to do it. People in California are scratching their head. Wait, who shovels snow at their <laughs> school? But yes, people listening, I've been to hundreds of schools around the country. There are snow blowers and shovels and uh, pallets of salt at many schools throughout the country. You know, I remember one of my first custodians when I was a principal, she had gotten called to go clean up a, a vomit in the kindergarten classroom and lunch was ending. So, you know, I was wiping down tables and she was taking long. I don't know what was going on. So I started taking out the garbage uh, just to obviously help her out. And yeah. she comes back and she was like a 25, 30 year old uh, veteran uh, custodian. She was awesome. Shout out to Denise. And she's like, you know, what are you, what are you doing? And I had a tie on back when I used to wear a tie still. And I was like, I'm just helping out. I'm just part of the team. And she, she really got that, you know, it wasn't something that you had to do every day, but when a team member is pulled away to do something else, you plug that hole as the leader. So you can be the best, the best for your team. So if you had to choose one job, Amy, to do for one day, what would it be and why? And if you had to choose one job to do for one year, what would it be and why? Okay, are we talking about an education? No, just life. Oh my gosh. Well, I really want to be a bartender. Really? Look yeah. at you. I love it. I do. I really want to be a bartender. I've never been a bartender, but I think, you know, just making like at like a like at like a restaurant bar or no. like just like a country kind of bar or what? Yes. I mean. Yes. Like at or even like at a brewery. Like um like at some craft beer brewery or, you know, just something local where you get to see the people who come in and, and form relationships with them and, you know, get to know them just 
I don't, I don't know. I just think that that sounds so intriguing to me. My cousin just opened up a shop in Watkinsville, Georgia, and they serve lunches and it's like, it's a coffee shop. And I'm just so jealous of her. I want, I kind of want to fly out there and just work at her shop for like a week. You may need to wait until you're after a principal because people might start talking. <laughs> Mrs. Denny's at the bar. You know, when you said that, it made me think about the movie uh, Sweet Home Alabama with Reese Witherspoon. And she goes back to, I think, Alabama and she's in a bar and there's a friend of hers from high school. And she's like, you know, Julie, you're in a bar with your baby. It was just, <laughs> you know, it's just, it was, it was a movie and, you know, every different things are different places. Okay, so that's for one day. What would you do for a year yep. if you could choose? Oh gosh. I don't know. I've never really thought about that. I don't know. I love what I'm doing, I guess. So every time I think about not doing this, I, I don't know where I would be. I don't know what I would do. I mean, I think that during that COVID shutdown, that was such a reminder of just how desperate, you know, I never worked harder during that time. And people are like, that's crazy. You didn't have any kids or teachers in your school. Um, and that's where I was just trying desperately to connect with them and, and make sure that they had what they needed, the food that they needed or the resources that they needed and that kids were being taken care of. And I, and I realized how much I love what I do and I love the kids and I love my staff and the families and the community. And so I, while I maybe used to dream about doing something else, um, I don't, I, you know, I think that was a good wake up call, a, a reality check of sorts to say, you're where you need to be. Um, and this is, you know, this is all I could ask for is just to be in the position I'm in. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong with wanting to be a bartender and there's nothing <laughs> wrong with being completely content where you are. So Amy, part of this podcast is obviously questions and dialogue, but I also, want to help project the voices of my guests. So to close out the podcast, I am going to pass the microphone to you for all of the leaders and aspiring leaders across the world, really, that are listening to this podcast. What would you like to say to them? Oh, I'd like to say thank you. Thank you for being a leader and for putting yourself out there for a a position that is unpredictable and demanding and stressful um, because our kids need leaders, uh, our world needs leaders. And so I guess more than anything, if, if people haven't told you, thank you for what you do and thank you for the sacrifices you make. Um, thanks to your family for letting us borrow you in education because there is no greater place um, in this world, I don't believe to work and to serve and to to make sure that we leave our world better than it was um, the day before, or you know, as long as we've been here. And so, I just I I just have so many thanks for everybody doing the hard work. Um, I learned from all of you. I, I I'm reading and I'm watching, and I think. There's so many of us who do, you know, you join these Facebook groups and you're trying to get ideas to make sure that you're doing all you can to keep your staff going, but, you know, take care of yourself and um, make sure that, that you're prioritizing, you know, your, yourself, your family, all of your needs so that you can take care of others. Well, I trust the NDP process 
But after talking with you, Amy, I can so see why you were chosen as the National Distinguished Principal from Iowa. It has been an absolute pleasure to talk about books and leadership and IB with you. And hopefully, I hope someday down the road, we're able to hang out and in person and continue this conversation. And um, I hope uh, so too, Adam. Yeah. I've loved getting to chat with you. Well, thank you for your time, everyone listening. Thank you for listening as always. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating, share with your friends or other principal friends so they can learn from all these other amazing leaders. And as always, I hope that you have an absolutely awesome day. What's up, everyone? Hey, before we go today, I got to give a shout out to NAESP and NASSP, the National Association of Elementary School Principals and the National Association of Secondary School Principals. If you are not a member of these national organizations, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. Uh, I was a member of my state organization for years, and I found that I got so much out of the national organization. They have conferences, they have webinars, they have so many different assets and tools for principals that are doing the job. NAESP.org and NASSP.org. Join up, sign up, connect with them on social media. You will not regret it. NAESP.org and NASSP.org are the national organizations for elementary and secondary school principals.